Today on the show, I will talk about this idea of who you think you are is what is preventing you from seeing who you are. And it will begin with a small talk on aliens. Yes, something different. (laughs) Also, after the end of the podcast, there will be a meditation like I did on the last episode. So if you're interested, stay tuned after the closing of the podcast to hear the meditation to be walked through it. And please continue to support the podcast by rating, reviewing, and sharing it with a friend. If you have some friends who you think would benefit from this, please share it with them. This is how you can help me get the word out. I rely on the help of the generous listeners to tell their friends about the podcast so they can get something from it if they enjoy it. And if you're really enjoying it, please make a donation. Uh, You can go to thestoryofmepodcast.com, and at the bottom of the website, there's a donate button. Please make a contribution to help support the podcast so I can continue this and show that you are enjoying it. If you have any questions to be answered on the podcast, you can also go to that website and send me your questions to be answered on the show. Thank you. Now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I, beautiful am I. Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where I share stories from my unconventional life and relate the psychological insights that I learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your awareness of your own self-limiting patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. For those of you that are new, my name is Amarjit Singh. And for returning listeners, welcome back. How are you today? How is your week going? I watched an interesting documentary uh, called The Phenomenon, and this is a documentary that examines unidentified aerial phenomenon with testimony from high-ranking government officials and NASA astronauts, and it's a pretty credible documentary, and it really makes you think about the unknown At one point in the documentary, they talked about this sighting that happened in an elementary school in Zimbabwe in 1994, where 60 children saw it, and they saw the unidentified flying object and the aliens come out of it. In fact, one girl was just a few feet away from them, and this was right in the daytime, and there's... I'll put a link to to this uh, YouTube video where you can see the the kids talking about it. It's very interesting. And in fact, one of the women who speaks about this now, who was there, is still speaking about this. And it's quite interesting to hear how this impacted her experience in life. And wow, it seems, yeah, instead of, at least for me, it seems not... If this will ever happen that we know there are aliens, it's when is this going to happen, that we're going to recognize that there's something else, whether it's coming from another planet or or from another dimension, who knows. But I I, I think there's too much evidence to to see any other way. But I'll definitely put in the notes the, the link to these documentaries and to this one in particular. And in the news just a few days ago, there was an article from a comment that was made by Israeli's former space security chief said that Donald Trump uh, claimed that there were contact with these alien beings 
and that they are waiting for people's minds to catch up to the possibilities of what's uh, in the universe to let them know. And it's very interesting to to hear all this because we've been hearing this for however long you're alive, what the possibilities are. Are there other beings out there? What are these beings? And we all have our own opinions, but it seems that more and more that government officials or, or military uh, pilots come forward and tell about their experiences. And in fact, there was even the, the couple that were released in the New York Times uh, article about the alien, uh, about the unidentified flying objects that were caught on the radar of these uh, military pilot, by these military pilots. And they were moving like any, nothing that exists that we know of. And so we start to wonder, well, maybe this is true. Maybe there are other things, other beings out there. And how do we comprehend this? How do we think about this? And even Terrence McKenna, he, he had one of my favorite comments when it came to aliens, or these beings. He said, maybe the way we perceive them is the way that they're trying to get us to perceive them as these aliens, because if we really knew what they were, it would be even crazier idea than this. And this gets you thinking even more, well, what are the possibilities? And then there's other people who say, this is us in the future. If you look at the development of human beings, you know, this is maybe us in the future. But whatever it is, it's quite interesting and it got me thinking about thinking in general and how to perceive the unknown. And this is uh, an issue that is very important in, in many areas in your life. One, if you're trying to do creative things to manifest projects that are, are unique or that are different and also to comprehend who you are. You know, I remember in 1994 getting on the internet where I think there were only a few hundred thousand people on the internet and they say there were less than 10,000 websites. And it was quite interesting because we didn't really see the, at least I didn't see all the possibilities. I had some idea when I saw this. In, in fact, I came up with one idea, which was I was living in New York City working on Wall Street, and I started to have this idea of how can I know where I'm going if someone gives me their address. And I thought about taking a video camera and going around New York City to videotape it, and then when you search on the internet, you can see the location. And this was before Google. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the capacity or, or the, the interest in, in really following through with this idea, but uh, it, it gets you thinking when you see something that's unknown, how to, to comprehend it, how to see the possibilities or the potential. And this is very important in connecting to your creativity, which we talked about in the last episode, but even more importantly, well, it's, it's similar. It's the same because what we said, what is creativity, but your, your being, your consciousness and connecting to it and understanding it is understanding the self. And so this is what we're going to continue with is this idea of how to let go of this idea of who you think you are. Because who you think you are is wrong, right? And I know there's some people out there saying, well, I've been doing yoga for a while and I've been meditating and I've had these glimpses of myself or, or my potential. And what I'm telling you is to stop. This is the ego. 
if you're able to articulate this, if you're able to to think you know who you are, most likely this is your ego. It's an attachment to your ego. And just like the internet, we didn't see really the potential that one day we're going to be so dependent on dependent on it that it's going to dominate our lives, right? It's going to to be integral to our lives. And this is being able to really understand the potential of things and what is the external but a reflection of the internal. And what we're focusing then is how to have this perception of who you are. And I don't care how clear your mind is, it can't comprehend what is truth. And when I speak of truth, what am I speaking about? What is true? When I speak about truth, I'm speaking about the things that don't change. Because anything that changes is temporary. And this is why in Buddhism they talk about if you put any desire or attach any any value to something that is temporary, your happiness is going to be temporary. You're 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 going to suffer. In fact, this is really the foundation of Buddhism is to let go of the temporary, to see things for not how they appear, but for how they really are. And in Sikhism, they talk about the creator, right? And that there's this, this philosophy of Sikhism is non-duality. And in Sikhism, there is only one truth, Ekonkar Satnam. And it means that the creator in the creation, the creator and the creation are one. There's no separation. This is this non-duality, and everything else that's temporary is untrue. And what does remain when you let go of the attention to the temporary? The truth. The truth about consciousness, the, the truth about the Creator, the truth about you. And if you're working on becoming self-realized or understanding yourself better, knowing who you are, let go of this identification of anything that is temporary. Stop looking at the temporary. Stop giving the temporary your projections. This is all attachment to this ego. Because what is the ego? The ego is just a compilation of thoughts. And these thoughts are who you think you are. Whether you say, I am a man, I am a woman, I am a doctor, I am a nurse, I am a yoga teacher, I am a school teacher, whatever it is, these are all aspects of the ego. They're temporary. And the more attachment you have to them, the greater risk of depression and also the less you're going to understand the truth because these are not who you are. Whenever you use this phrase, I am, be very careful about what you say after that. Because anything after this that is temporary, meaning that it changes, is not you. Of course, we need this to live in society and describe ourselves. Hey, uh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm a yoga teacher. Of course, this is necessary. But when it comes to really thinking about who you are, this is a hindrance. This is the biggest obstacle to understanding who you are. One, because it's something that's a thought. Right? The ego is just a collection of thoughts. And the mind cannot comprehend the truth of reality. When we talk about 
meditation. We're talking about learning how to achieve shunya, which is this condition of neutrality, this condition that's beyond the mind, this condition of non-attachment, because it's there that we can experience the truth, not think about it. And this is why I said, when you feel that you can think, or you feel you get these ideas or these thoughts of who you are, they're not complete. Because the mind cannot comprehend who you are. This is why when people become self-realized, they cannot explain the experience because the experience is beyond the capacity of words. It is beyond the capacity of the mind. Think about this. Imagine that you lived in a room and you never left this room. Every wall was yellow. Your skin was the same color yellow. Your shoes were the same color yellow. Your shirt, was the, everything was the same color. And everyone that was in this room was the same color. And so your language that you developed would not have the word color in it. It would not have yellow. Why would you need the word color or yellow if there's no other colors? And so you didn't know shades of colors. You didn't know colors. You didn't know that there's differences in these colors. Now imagine one day someone comes and they throw some red paint on the wall. How would you describe this? You don't have the word red because you don't need the words colors. You don't have shades. And so you wouldn't have the vocabulary to explain what you're seeing. And this is really what happens in the process of self-realization is that the words are not complete. They're not enough to express these experiences. And this is why you need to go beyond the mind when you meditate to understand who you are. Because all these ideas of who you think you are is what's preventing you from seeing who you are. These words are limiting your experience also. Not just in understanding who you are, but they're limiting what you can be. Because like we talked about on the last episode of accessing your creativity is really connecting to your consciousness in a, a way that has no limits, meaning there is no resistance to the self. And this resistance is the lack of acceptance to the self. When you're able to connect to yourself without this resistance, you're able to be more creative. You're able to access your potential. And this is the same thing about these false identifications. When you identify yourself with these temporary things, these temporary definitions, these temporary explanations, they limit your capacity. And this is why if we look in today's culture, we have a lot of this, what we, call, what we think is unique definitions of ourselves is really attachments and it's really limiting people's experience because they're identifying with this group. I identify with the left. I identify with the right. I identify with uh, this nationality. I identify with these types of people. And all this does is limit you. It limits your experience because somewhere in your being, in your mind, you become a victim. Our culture, we don't do this. Our uh, side, our team, we don't think this way. And whether you're explicitly saying these things or not, it's happening. When you identify with this, uh, whether it's in politics or in your social culture or your uh, color of your skin, all these things are these false identifications that limit your experience. 
oh, I'm uh, this group of people, and we don't do this, it's not in our culture, we don't do this, and we do this, and it, it, uh, these are all things that are limiting your experience here because you can't imagine yourself outside of this group. Now, it's nice to be close to people and to support people that are in different situations, experiences in life, but you have to let go of these identifications. They're there just to hold you back, whether this is to classify you and put a nice definition on you because it's a, a politics or whether it's a, a cultural thing that's there to hold you back. You have to let go of this idea of being attached to these groups. They're not helping you. Think of them as operating systems, and these operating systems are limited. You want to be in an open system that has no limits. And so this identification, this is where depression comes from. This is also this idea of victimization, being the victim, that things are happening to you. And I'm not saying that you didn't experience trauma, but it's how do you identify with this? And if you identify with this, it changes your behavior. This is what therapy is supposed to break you of this, to recognize where it is hindering your freedom, where it is getting in the way of your self-expression. Whether you've been beaten down as a child and then as an adult, you have difficulty opening up and socializing in groups until you can let go of this trauma, this experience, this identification with this experience, you have difficulty connecting with others. This is just an example of of how these identifications don't help us. When we say we are the victim, I am this victim, I am this, it's it's all this, this false identification. I'm not saying that it didn't happen to you or that you deserved it or whatever it was, but it was in your karma for some reason. And I will talk uh, an episode where I'll get into karma because many people have a very limited understanding of it, a very simplified understanding of it, and they don't see where these experiences are really beginning. What I recommend that you do is to look at all these ways that you define yourself. Some nice birds in the background. And look at all these ways that you finish this sentence, I am. And how attached are you to them? Because the more you're attached to them, the more difficulty it is to let go of meaning the more possibility there is for depression, for limiting your experience. Because what happens is you say, I am a lawyer, or I am am whatever the job is or career, and every week you get confirmation that you are this by your paycheck, and, and you feel good about yourself. Oh, I went through this education. I did this, and I am a lawyer. You're proud. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't appreciate the experience but not be attached to it because the more you're attached to this experience, when it ends, you lose your job. You lose the, the capacity to do this job, whatever it may be. Then you feel lost. And you feel like, I'm not, who am I? And this is the idea of depression is that now the self is trying to find a new center because the old one didn't work or it isn't working. The same thing if you say, I am a wife or I am a husband and you lose this relationship. Many people are very attached because it's a very emotional situation, and then they get depressed. 
because they say, I wasn't good enough to be this person, or I'm not this person anymore. Who am I? And the more attached you are to these ideas, because that's all they are, they're thoughts, the more you're going to be depressed, the longer it's going to last until you can find a new center to let go of one of these things. And the more you're able to let go of each one of these, the bigger view you have of yourself. Because if you are able to do this, you will start to see through this state of shunya, the neutrality of of non-judgment, non-moving through deep meditation, who you are. And the first step is to let go of this idea of who you think you are. And you can do that in your daily life. You can do this by trying things that are not typical to your personality. Because what is your personality but the collection of these thoughts? So try to look for experiences that are dissimilar to the experiences you've had. What I like to do is every month or every couple months, whatever it is, I'll try to find a workshop that is something different than I've ever thought of myself as doing. And I'll do it with the intention of I'm just trying it. I may not ever do it again, whether it's a drawing workshop or dancing workshop or singing workshop, whatever it is, because then you do it and you say, oh, this is one other thing I did that I didn't think I can do. And then this idea of who you think you are starts to open up a little bit because you see that the limits are just that step into the class, that idea of, no, I can't do that, that fear. These are your constraints, and they're not real. Where is fear? Where does it exist? Right? It's just the sensation that comes from a thought. You think something, or you experience something from one of the senses, and then your body reacts to this. And we call it an emotion, but it's just a vibration that is a reaction from the thought. And this vibration then fills the body with this sensation of fear. And then your behavior reacts to the sensation. And this is how you perpetuate these habit patterns. But where is the fear? And this is how you're limiting yourself, is by these ideas of who you think you are and then reacting to these experiences, reacting emotionally or through the sensations, and then continuing this with the behavior. How many times have you said, oh, whenever this happens, I always do this. Whenever I get mad, I withdraw. Whenever I get mad, I throw something. Whenever I am happy, I whatever, whatever it is. If this is part of your vocabulary, you need to look at this and say, why am I limiting myself? And this is how we connect this last episode where we talked about the creativity to being able to let go of these attachments to let it out. In India here in in Rishikesh, there's this guy who has no arms. And he puts a paintbrush in his mouth and, and he paints and he works with his feet in his mouth and he can paint better than I could if I tried it for 10 years probably. It's incredible. And you look at this and, and say, well, what if this guy said, well, people with arms, we don't paint. Right? And, and this is how he could have limited his experience. It would have been very easy and even people would have accepted this. People say, yeah, of course, people with arms, they don't paint. But he didn't think about this. He didn't say, well, I I don't paint, I don't have arms. He said, no, how can I paint? He didn't identify with this group of people who can't paint without arms. And this is how you have to look at yourself, is what am I identifying with that's limiting my experience? And this is why I say who you think you are is wrong because 
you don't even recognize that you're doing this. Maybe 80% of your identifications are unconscious. Maybe you've been doing yoga for a while. Maybe it's down to 70%. But it is a lot. Because when you understand what is true and what is untrue, you see these limits you are putting on yourself. And our culture is perpetuating this with politics, with victimization, and it's all designed to control. Whether it's done consciously or unconsciously, it's all imposing an operating system on you. It's limiting your experience through this operating system. And this is the same idea of having stereotypes of people. You're, you're projecting onto them your limited ideas. So you don't have to think. So you don't have to be open. And then once your mind is open, you realize, I was wrong. You know, there's this, this black man who finds these people who are in the KKK, these white supremacist people, and he becomes friends with them. And through doing this, he has changed, I forget the number of people, idea of what they thought they were, and they, they leave it. They leave the, the group. And, it, and it's because these people had this idea of what, okay, a black person is like, they're terrible people, or whatever they're saying. Please don't take that out of context. <laughs> but uh, then they get to know him, and he's a very nice man, a very kind man, and, and, and he's able to show them that what they were thinking is wrong. Not by telling them this, but just by being friendly with them. It's, it's quite interesting. This man's name is Daryl Davis. And so he spent uh, some time with these members and made them give up their attachment to this organization. And it shows you how what you think is right may not be, right, for these people. And this is a very simple one because most people know that this is not right to, to judge someone based on their skin color and to hate them because of this. But if we take this idea, you're doing it also, maybe not on skin color, but you're doing it to yourself by saying, I am this kind of person where I don't, I can't be successful. I am limited. I'm always going to be poor. I'm always going to be uh, in bad relationships. I'm always going to, and, and you do this to yourself by having these ideas that are incorrect of who you think you are. And there are all these attachments to the trauma in your life, the experiences of your life. They limit you, right? We grew up in a family and we see our parents as role models consciously or unconsciously, and we rise to the level of them. So if my father did this, I can do that. My family, we didn't go on vacations, so I don't go on vacations whatever it may be. And we do this, whether it's through conscious thought or unconsciously, we create this behavior that limits our experience. And it's all because we identify with who you think you are. And the way to break this is to let go of all these identifications, saying that you are not attached to any limits the attachment to these limits is based on the reaction to a thought. It's based on the reaction to a sensation from the thought. And this is what limits you to your experience. Why can't you be successful? Why can someone else be successful and you not? Why can't you have a healthy relationship? Why can't you do what you want to do and other people can? Is it because they're better than you? No. It's because they don't have the same mental limits. They don't see themselves the same way. And this is this idea of fake it till you make it, right? We've heard this idea 
uh, thrown around many times. And what does this really mean? It means to take the action of something until you become that thing, right? If you want to be a yoga teacher and you don't see yourself as a yoga teacher, you don't feel confident as a yoga teacher, this is okay. I'm not condemning you for having these feelings and these thoughts because this is natural. What I'm trying to tell you to do or help you see is that you can not react to them. And so when we say fake it to your make it, say, okay, I know I am not as confident as I need to be. I'm not as open as I need to be to be this yoga teacher, but I have to teach a class today. So what do you do? Think about what a perfect yoga teacher would do. How would they get up in front of the class? How would they begin their talk? What would their confidence be like? What would their projection be? What would their descriptions be? And then you pretend that you're this person until you let go of these attachments to this way of seeing yourself that are making you react not like this person. You're just removing the attachment to these feelings, the reaction. You may have a lot of fear to get up in front of the people, to get up in front of the class. Now you can have this fear and you can say, I'm going to not let this fear affect me. I'm going to imagine that I'm someone without fear. And how would they act right now? And this is how I'm going to act. Eventually, if you can continue this, that feeling of fear will go away because it's not being watered. It's not being, uh, it's not being fed the nutrients for it to continue to grow. And this is what you need to do is to not feed these ideas, not to feed these attachments, not to feed this idea of who you think you are. If it's based on anything that is temporary, In fact, the more you go down this path of self-realization, the less you think of yourself. We're taught to think, I have self-esteem, I have love for myself. You don't need to really think about this stuff. What you need to do is become aware of the times that the lack of it is interfering with your expression. If you can become conscious of this obstacle and not react to it, then you don't need to think that I have self-esteem. I don't need to think about this. I just need to perform the action that I'm performing. And if there's any feeling that comes up, any resistance to this experience, I need to let this go. I don't need to think about my self-esteem. I don't need to think about all this stuff. I just need to become aware of these habit patterns that are getting in my way of expressing the truth, expressing the potential that's inside of me. And this is how you become the truth, how you see the truth within you. And you realize that this truth is not of these temporary things. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. 
Use the discount code The Story of Me Podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in the meditation that I talked about, listen after this closing. You'll be walked through the meditation to change your ego, and it'll also be in the show notes on the website. And I'll also provide links to the documentaries uh, that I talked about in the episode, in the YouTube videos, so you can look at for yourself about the idea of aliens. And please continue to listen to the program, rate it, review it, subscribe, share it with a friend, and please make a donation if you enjoy the podcast, help support it this way. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you. From the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. We're going to do a meditation today to change the ego. Like I was saying before, we need to learn how to let go of this attachment the attachment to who you think you are, which is the ego, this collection of thoughts that sometimes is to protect yourself, sometimes to inflate yourself, whatever it is, it's just a collection of thoughts that we want to let go of because they're changing our perception and they're changing our behavior. If we can look at these and become aware of them and let go of them, we open ourselves up to the possibility of knowing who we are. So for this meditation, you're going to sit with a nice straight spine, and we have a particular mudra for this meditation. What we're going to do is we're going to take the hands and make fist. And we're going to leave the thumbs out of the fist, though. So it's just the fingers that are curled up, the thumbs straight up. We're going to Put the elbows to the sides against our ribs, but just nice and relaxed. And we're going to take the sides of the thumbs and touch them together, but just the top part, the first phalange of the thumbs from the first knuckle up to the tip of the thumb. And we're going to touch the sides of these thumbs and leave a space in between the fingers of each fist, though, so they're not touching. It's just the tops of the thumbs that are touching and the this is in front of the heart center, maybe about six inches in front of your heart center. The spine is straight. The eyes are going to be narrowed, meaning that they're partially closed, and they're going to look at the knuckles, stare at the knuckles and the thumb. And the thumb represents the ego. And so we're trying to let go of the ego, right? Let go of the attachments to be able to observe our attachments. And you can go on to the Facebook group, and I upload this meditation there so you can get a visual of the posture and the mudra if you're not clear on my explanation. And also then for your future use of this, you can download the PDF file and continue this meditation. The breathing pattern for this meditation is going to be inhaling through the nose, holding the breath, releasing the breath through the nose, and then holding the breath again, holding the breath out. And we're going to do it in a particular way, but before we begin, let's just sit nice and straight, spine with a nice straight spine, and just center ourselves. Instead of just jumping right into this, let's, let's observe the breath. And when I talk about breathing, unless I specify otherwise, just breathe through the nose, nice, Natural, relaxed breathing. Let the thoughts go. It's all right if you have them, just don't participate. Just like you're watching a stream and the stream is going down, you don't try to control it, you just observe it. So if a thought comes in the head, just observe it. Don't participate, don't entertain it. I mean, what is meditation but the space between the thoughts, right? And this is what we're trying to achieve, this silence, this neutrality. 
And of course, the mind wants to reject it because it wants to think. and We want to stop it. So take a nice deep breath through the nose, inhaling deeply. Holding the breath. And exhaling slowly. Again, inhale deeply through the nose. Hold the breath. And exhale. So the way we're going to do this meditation, there's a particular breathing pattern. So continue the mudra with the the top of the thumbs touching together, spine straight, eyes focused on the the thumbs with narrowing of the eyes, so they're about half open or really one-tenth open. And what you're going to do is you're going to inhale through the nose slowly, and the length of the inhale is going to be eight seconds. Then you're going to hold the breath in for about eight seconds. And then you're going to release the breath through the nose in eight equal strokes. So in eight parts. So you release it one part, two parts, three parts, until the end of the breath is released at the eighth stroke, the eighth part. Then you're going to hold the breath out for eight seconds and then begin this again. So I'll walk you through it and guide you so you know kind of when to do this. So now we're going to begin with the inhale. Inhaling, making it last eight seconds. Holding the breath for eight seconds. Releasing the breath in eight equal strokes. Holding the breath out for eight seconds. And inhaling, making it last for eight seconds. Holding the breath for eight seconds. Releasing the breath in eight equal strokes. Holding the breath out for eight seconds. And just continue this pattern on your own. Continue this pattern with the breath. Inhaling through the nose. Holding the breath, releasing the breath in eight equal strokes, and then holding the breath out. And just repeat.
Okay, so now just sit still. You can relax the hands down. Inhale, exhale naturally. And just be nice and still for a second. Observe the sensations in the body. Observe how you feel, how the mind is reacting, how the breath is reacting. And try to do this for just five minutes a day and see how you feel, see what the effects are, see if this helps you observe your attachments and let go of your ego. Satnam.